the Impact Center at the University of Pittsburgh, supported by the National Institute of Disability, Independent Living, and Rehabilitation Research, proudly present Impactic. Today's episode, Audience Choice, Creating Universal Design for Everyone, features our guests, Madeline Lee and Megan Malloy, graduate student entrepreneurs from the University of Pittsburgh's Masters of Rehabilitation Technology Program and designers of the Resna Student Design Competition's Audience Choice Award for Toothbrush Buddy, a toothpaste dispenser for people with motor, cognitive, and visual impairments. Recorded remotely from our soundproof bedroom closets in Pittsburgh, PA, this is your guest co-host, Dr. Michelle Sorria, and welcome to our 18th and final episode of the Impactic Podcast Series, Season 2. Welcome, everyone. As our regular listeners may have noticed, the introduction sounded slightly different. My name is Dr. Michelle Sorria, and I am joined by my colleague and guest co-host, Mrs. Nancy Augustine. We are filling in today for our host, Dr. Mary Goldberg, who is taking a little break from her hosting duties, but she will be back with us in the new year. Today, we are joined by Megan Malloy and Madeline Lee as part of our up-and-coming technologies and entrepreneurs in rehab technology sector mini-series. Hi, Megan and Maddie. Could you please introduce yourselves for the audience? I'm Megan, and I did the Masters of Rehab Technology at UPIT, and so that's how I got involved with this. I'm Maddie. I am also a recent graduate from the University of Pittsburgh. Me and Megan have similar backgrounds, both graduated with an undergrad degree in biomedical engineering, and then we did the Masters of Rehab Technology program at the University of Pittsburgh. And then how we got started was it, it was school project to go through the entire design process and make something that was related to assistive technology. Yeah, so we were in our class and they asked us, hey, if you know anyone that could benefit from assistive technology, you know, pitch a project to us and we'll see if anyone else is interested in working on the project with you. So I talked to my mom because I have a brother who has autism and he's blind. And I was like, hey, mom, like, this is a good opportunity. Like, if you know of anything that Matt could benefit from, like, I could do a project on it with some of my peers and we could work on it for the whole year. So she was excited. She was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is awesome. So we were brainstorming and she was like, you know, Megan, one of the things that he has a hard time with right now is putting his toothpaste on his toothbrush by himself. You know, we got the brushing down. He can do that by himself, but he can't do the full activity by himself. Like, what do you think? Do you think that's something you guys could do? And so I pitched it to our professors and they were like, yeah, that sounds great. And I asked classmates and we got enough interest that we formed a team. So we got to work on it, which was super exciting, and go through the whole design process, which we'll tell you more about. So that's kind of how it got started. Very cool. So Toothbrush Buddy came out of a need for your brother, which is a lot of times how these technologies come about. People see a need, either personal or just in general within a certain population that they might be working with and, and kind of run with a new idea of something that's needed to fill a void. And so very neat. I'm curious to know how long this process took for you, and you mentioned you're going to get into the design process, but what period of time were you working in, and then how did you involve your brother or anyone else who might benefit from the product in trying it out? Yeah, that's a good question. So 
We had the full um, school year to kind of flesh this out and prototype. By the end of the fall semester, we had a prototype that actually worked. And so the second semester was just spent refining it and testing it and seeing what we could tweak and change. We also got a lot of insight from my mom, um, getting feedback from her with each iteration. And we also interviewed a lot of other people in the beginning when we were putting together our list of needs and wants. So we interviewed um, other users that are blind, other users in their families that have autism, just to see what they need as well. Instructors for people that are blind to different teachers and OTs. Um, So just trying to see what the needs are, not just my brother, but kind of everyone that would benefit from it as well. And so from the needs assessment, that gave you that inspiration or the ideas to start to design. And then how did you decide what materials you would use when you started to build the product? For sure. Yeah, so as we said before, me and Megan, and at the, t- at the beginning, we had four members of our team. One of them graduated and one of them took a break from, from class. So started as, as a four, team of four, and then we moved to team of two. But anyways, in the original team of four, we all came up with different ideas of how to solve this need. We had ideas from just putting the toothpaste directly on your mouth, because that's a technique that people, some people that are blind use, but had move away from that idea because specifically for Megan's brother, he, he tried that and he would end up eating toothpaste before he brushed his teeth. And then we all came together with different ideas and we took the pros and cons and made the final idea that we had and, and that kept iterating and iterating. The specific types of materials, fast forward a little bit, what ended up happening was we took an existing off-the-shelf toothpaste dispenser. So you have a toothpaste and you put it into this little opening and you push on a lever and toothpaste dispenses on your toothbrush. But there were many uh, faults with that design. But since we based it off of an existing device, the materials and shapes of things were adapted from that. How can we change this? We obviously, since we're dealing with things that go in your mouth, wanted to stay away from toxic materials. Things are getting messy because toothpaste is involved. So we wanted it to be dishwasher safe, easy to clean, and we wanted some sound elements. So we're thinking of electrical components, the beeping noises when enough toothpaste was on your toothbrush, that it landed correctly, but we wanted to stay a little more minimal, not have to charge anything, not have to worry about electronics with, you know, your toothpaste or washing it with water. So we ended up using a piece of aluminum that was bended in a, in a specific way that made it click noise. So those were our materials, plastic and metal. We kept it simple. It was easier and cheaper and more universal of a design. So as you were going along and developing this prototype, did you face any challenges? Were there any barriers along the way <laughs> as you were trying to develop this new AT for, for this purpose? I would say it was a lot of just trial and error, like trying something and seeing if it worked. And sometimes it definitely didn't work, you know, the first time we did it. Or even just um, since we were using something that was off the shelf, all the parts that we were creating had to be compatible with it. So figuring out the right dimensions to get everything to fit and be compatible was definitely something we had to play around with. Um, 3D printing, we 3D printed a lot of parts in plastic 
And so um, we designed something on CAD and, and it would look great and it would look compatible, but then when it printed, it might have shrunk down and it might not have fit as well. So just kind of problem solving and making sure everything was compatible. And then there were also some, some other challenges that came up that we weren't expecting, like um, Megan, if you want to talk about your brother and the toothpaste flavors. Oh, that's a good one. Yes, good point. Forgot about that. So we were designing this, right? And um, I didn't realize that the toothpaste that he uses is like a kid's um, toothpaste that only comes in a certain tube that has a push button. It's not your standard kind of like squeeze the tube um, because he doesn't like a strong like taste of the mint, you know? So I was like, oh, I'll have him trial it. I just got like mint toothpaste, wasn't thinking it through and I had him try it. He does it and then he puts it in his mouth and he's like, oh, like, gross like totally like turned off you know because it wasn't his toothpaste and I was like oh my gosh like that was such a need like making sure his toothpaste was compatible with the device so I had to do some searching and um find one that was like pretty much the same thing but it was just so funny like it's the littlest things that make such a big difference and so finding a toothpaste that he liked and that was compatible with the device was just as important toothpastes come in different sizes did you how, how did you account for that? Because what you just mentioned about your brother having a special, you know, receptacle for his toothpaste, was there a standard size that you went with that was is universally available in the store that you know would fit into the device? Yeah, so we chose to use um, your, your typical toothpaste, Crest toothpaste tube shape. And then those do come in different sizes. However, the nozzle is quite uniform and standard throughout all of those. Um, so most off-the-shelf toothpaste do work with our device. Um, however, some that don't have the same mechanism. Um, however, there are some that have different caps, like some you just clip off and it stays on a hinge, but most of those you can still untwist it and you end, it, you end up with the same threaded shape um, that, that most toothpaste come in so thankfully that that's quite standardized um, and so it works a lot with all those however we don't need the thread it just uses a silicone circle you just wedge your toothpaste in there if there's a variation of of size of the nozzle that, that didn't lead to any problems so a question about your team you said you started with four and then came down to two i mean you just cut your team in half and, and during product development, that's got to be pretty uh, challenging. How? Um, seems like you have a great relationship, so that wouldn't be a problem. But how, how did you how did you address that? Because usually you delegate tasks, and then they all seem to come back to you. Mm -hmm. How did that work? Can you describe that for us? We both, yeah. So I would say the workload definitely increased once our team was just the two of us. But we kind of just split it up and gave each of us different tasks or different components of the device that we we're going to work on or focus on. So I played around a lot with the feedback mechanism and figuring out how that would work. Um, that was one of the big things I did. Yeah, and, and I worked on the lever and, and track a lot, which was basically guiding the, the toothbrush into its correct location. Um, but yeah, we, we moved from four people two people and it was 
The first semester we had all four, and then the second semester, the teacher knew ahead of time that we weren't gonna have those other two people. So they gave us the option to drop this project and move to other larger existing groups so that we won't have to work as much. However, we just really loved this idea. We loved the project. We made so much progress and we wanted to see it through. So I'm glad we pushed ourselves. We worked more hours than necessary for the class, but we did it because we really just enjoyed the work. And even though the other two members, their names were Madeline and Amy, even though that they did not attend the class, we did give them the option to to do tiny things because they still wanted to be a part of the project. And we talked to our professors and they were definitely okay with that. And so it kind of, it did help us take the, the workload off, but they were really excited too, because they didn't want to not be a part of this project anymore. The idea was very inspiring. So it helped us out. So I have two questions. One is rookie mistake, because I should have asked you, what is your invention? (laughs) In a quick nutshell, right? Even though I mentioned Toothbrush Buddy. So what exactly is your invention? And then also, where do you see this going? Are, Are we going to find this on the market? Is this something that you're working to produce on a large scale? Or was this purely a student project? And we just hope to stay tuned to to see it sometime down the road. So our device, the Toothbrush Buddy, is a toothpaste dispenser that is universally designed so that people with motor, cognitive, or visual impairments can do the task of putting toothpaste on their toothbrush and brushing their teeth by themselves. And so that's really important because self-hygiene is super important and it's important that they can do it independently too. So we modified an off-the-shelf toothpaste dispenser to make it more universal We added different components so that the user can align their toothbrush by themselves so that there's feedback to let them know that the toothpaste is on their toothbrush, that um, there isn't a mess when they're brushing their teeth, that the right amount of toothpaste is released every time. And it's also high contrast so that if someone with low vision has a hard time seeing, um, hopefully the contrast will help them distinguish where the opening is in the dispenser. And so that's kind of a high-level overview of our device and what it does. Maddie, you're welcome to add anything, too. To answer your second question of where we're going with that, we ended the project really, again, we had a lot of speed. We were working on it. We ended up filing a provisional patent for this device. Um, We uh, submitted this project to the Resna student design uh, competition. And we got third place and audience choice. We got the audience choice award. Which was was (laughs) the best award, even though it didn't have any, it was an actual prize, but I loved getting the audience award. That that was, that was really great. Um, So from all that, you know, all the feedback we've gotten from the many users we talked to designing it from the competition, everyone was saying, I will buy this. We did really want to pursue it. However, we are both, we just graduated with our master's and we were looking to be an ATP assistive technology professional. Um, and we both passed our tests and we are now, thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, so we're really focusing on our personal careers in that right now. Um, however, we 
we did learn a lot and we do love and believe in this product but right now it's taking a little back burner right now that's okay. No, that's important because not everything makes it to market. There are challenges along the way, uh, but this kind of sets, gets the ball rolling at least. The idea is there. And even if you come back to it, that doesn't mean you can't pursue it in the future. Uh, it's certainly um, part of the process. And so while, while you're new in your careers, are there any things that you feel that you learn during the design class or the product development phase that you can use in your new role? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I've learned so much that's so applicable to my new role because right now I do a lot of seating and mobility. So creating like custom seating solutions for clients. And so I really have to know how to problem solve um, I'm the one that's specking out all the different parts and making sure they're all compatible with each other when they're assembling the chair, but also making sure it meets their needs. Um, so even just in the beginning during the evaluation for their new chair, you have to determine what their needs are similar to how we figured out what my brother's needs were. And so I think that was a really good exercise because I'm going to be doing that like every day, um, figuring out what people need. Um, and it's similar going through kind of the design process and also gauging the outcome to make sure it meets their goals when we deliver the equipment as well. So I think this was super helpful um, and I can definitely take everything I've learned with me. For sure, I think you, you said it best, Megan. Um, and I think not only are we taking what we've learned in the class, um, but also the, the passion that all the students had from this program. The University of Pittsburgh Masters of Rehabilitation Technology is a really, really great program that attracts a very similar mindset of people who love people with disabilities and wanna help them and change the world and make an impact. And I really feel like I'm, I learned a lot from not just the design class that this project came from, but the whole University of Pittsburgh program and want to make a huge difference um, in the disability space. You know, your product sounds like it not only benefits people like Matt, um, but people in the general broader population as well. Early mornings, trying to get out the door, young children, teaching them you know, proper brushing. Um, it just, I think it seems like it's a great start, but it, it also could potentially have mass market appeal, which that's a really special thing too. Um, I know you're focused on your careers right now, but wouldn't that be fun someday to see it not only start in, in the group that you're targeting, but make it to the general population? That would, that would be of course, and we got a lot of feedback like that. I mean, I personally, use our device every single day, twice a day, um, sometimes once a day, but don't tell my mom, she's a dentist. Um, so she, I mean, I use it every day and it's helpful. And another big thing that, you know, Megan mentioned is that it adds the correct amount of toothpaste to your toothbrush. I don't know if you know, but you only need a pea size amount um, for, for brushing your teeth. A lot of people put a Even big adults? glob on it. Eat adults, yep, look, look it up. 
really uh-huh. i mean i have a toddler so i i knew that for my toddler but <laughs> i did not know adults only need a pea size as well yeah, yeah you don't need much toothpaste um so i think our product has saved me a lot of money too and over time you know i probably would go through the to the toothpaste twice as fast um, but no nancy you make a great point and i feel like a lot of assistive technology and universal design is should be that you know it helps people with disability but it also can help everyone is there a way to contact you about toothbrush ready or are you just kind of setting this aside for now you can reach out to us on our website it's toothbrushbuddy.wordpress.com if you have any questions we have a contact us tab at the top feel free to reach out we'd love to hear from you it's been great to have you both on board and we wish you all the success in your careers hopefully one day we'll see toothbrush buddy out there on the market or even for mass consumption one way or another but thank you so much for being on the podcast and and we wish you all the best yeah, thank you so much for having us. We had so much fun. This was, this was really, really good time. Seasons greetings, impactors. I'm pleased to offer our holiday wrap-up to close out our second impactic season. We loved swapping stories with award-winning product designers, highlighting the unique paths of diverse rehab tech innovators, and sharing the unique considerations for those who are aging in place. We will keep our guests a surprise for season three, but you can expect us to continue to raise awareness of challenges in technology transfer and strategies to overcome them and our first release at the end of January. Until then, best wishes for a restful, joyful, and of course, impactful holiday season. Until then, continue to make an impact in whatever you do. If you like Impactic, please review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you again for tuning in and continue to make an impact in whatever you do. A quick note from our sponsors. Impact initiatives are being developed under a grant from the National Institute on Disability, Independent Living, and Rehabilitation Research. Nidler is a center within the Administration for Community Living, Department of Health and Human Services. Impact initiatives do not necessarily represent the policy of Nidler, ACL, or HHS, and you should not assume endorsement by the federal government, and the same goes for the University of Pittsburgh. We would like to thank our impactic guests and our production team led by Dr. Michelle Zodia at the University of Pittsburgh Department of Rehabilitation Science and Technology.